The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. I cannot be betrayed. I cannot be beaten. I see his mind. I see his every download. Yes. I see him turning on his smartphone to write a review. Foolish rules lawyer, he completes it. Supporting the Dark Times podcast. Welcome back to the Dark Times podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite clone of Emperor Palpatine. And I'm Steven, your favorite dark side test tube baby. Here we go. Sam, last week we interviewed the creator of the game that we do a podcast about. I'm still riding that high. I'm Me not too. Uh, honestly, in terms of life fulfillment, I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever been. I'm, I'm all the way up. Yeah, <laughs> all the way up. At the top. At the top. That's great. Uh, there was a couple things from the week I, I wanted well, to. Oh, go ahead. What, what sorry. Do you got? No. Wait, is it related to, to Rodney Thompson? or is No. It, no? Do you want to say more about Rodney? Though? I want to say like, you know, thanks again. Oh, yes. Rodney, <laughs> thank you. Thank, Thank you to all you of our again. listeners. For Thank you to everyone sending questions in. Stuff yes, like so, that. so many good questions. And you know what I want to do? A lot of those questions on that thread were good questions, just not good like interview for Rodney questions. <laughs> so there's a lot of prickly ones in there that I actually want to tackle. So look out for that, folks. Absolutely. Sorry that you can't have Rodney answer those, but we'll we'll take a good crack at him because there's a lot in we that. We got thread. his blessing to do so. We did. He he asked <laughs> us to. I, I think I, I think he wants us to handle that. He's probably you know, focused on a little out of the loop, a little out, um, just a little bit, a decade or so, you know, but no, he's, I was actually, I love that interview because he was so clear that he had still thought so much about Swissy that it wasn't like a one and done. Oh, absolutely. Thing for him that he like had thought about it and well, turned it, was, it over in his it mind. It was life changing for him. Seriously. And I guess I didn't quite know how life changing it really was. I sure didn't him. know that star Wars role playing, like got him his degree. Like I didn't know that it like, <laughs> I didn't know that he was writing Star Wars RPG supplements at 20 years old. God damn. Super cool. So cool. Thanks again, Rodney. Thanks again, everyone else. We had some feedback. Yeah. So there was actually, you were having a discussion on Discord. Was this like last night? Last night, night yeah. yeah. You were right, by the <laughs> way. Right. You were everyone right. Everyone said I was wrong. Everyone, you got two thumbs down reacts. Did I really? You got two, <laughs> two thumbs down reacts. I and I, I don't think I don't that see was the haters, Steven. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be. There's no. There wasn't like. There's no FAQ or Jedi counseling on it. Well, let's talk about what the what the the topic at hand was. So, the question was: Do you guys? I can't remember who this came from. Was it Lacopic? Lacopic. Lacopic said, "Do you guys have non-heroic second wind?" Or it was enemies. Do enemies? Do do you guys have enemies second wind? Yeah, and and you said no. Non-heroics can't second wind. Of course. Then the conversation took a different turn. Are creatures with heroic and non-heroic levels still considered non-heroic creatures? I'd say, yeah. To to me, this is a no-brainer, right? Like, of course. I mean, like, I think Rebel Trooper has a level in Soldier and a level in in non-heroic. Well, there are level seven non-heroic units and stuff like that. Absolutely. There's there's tons of them. That have heroic levels. That are clearly still non-heroic enemies. Like, not even named enemies that, like, they don't, their, their name is, like, Trooper Duper. It's not, they're not named Jazz McChaddick or something. <laughs> Jazz McChaddick. <laughs> All this to say, I think it's pretty clear that anything with a non-heroic level is considered a non-heroic creature and therefore cannot second wind without the extra second wind feat. At least that's what I thought. That's what I think. I still think. The counterpoint brought up was, 
But what about my stock player character droid with non-heroic levels? Obviously, that's a way to play a character with non-heroic levels. Is my player character still non-heroic? Well, let me tell you. Of course it isn't. Well, let me let me. Well, also, let me say something. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason they made a whole other way to play droid characters. <laughs> yeah. Two things. Number one. No, your player character is never a non-heroic creature because heroic creatures are the ones played by the players. And the, you know, the name stat blocks that don't have non-heroic levels. Those are also heroic. But that's besides the point. Also, please don't play stock droids. Please <laughs> don't do little, it. Seems a little PSA on not to play Just, stock droids. If you're wondering, which we've covered this in an episode, I think it was, you know, in the 20s or it's something. Called, I, literally, I literally think the episode's called Droids, Droids, Droids. I think you're right. Good, good episode <laughs> title. Yeah, we, we cover in pretty good detail in that episode and really ask anyone online Stock droids should be your, like, final option for playing a droid. It is, like, post-Scavenger's Guide to Droids, it is, like, an almost wholly depreciated method of playing a droid. Stick to those chassis, stick to custom droids. Stock droids, no go. Stock droids, it's just... Because... Well, you, you just won't be on the same playing field as the rest of the party, the like, The stat ever. array you get as a stock droid is absolutely awful it's compared like, to player you droids. You want, like, an 8, a two tens, a 12, and, like, an 11? Because that's what you're going to get with a stock droid. Pretty much. Yeah, that's well, that's my take on that. I don't, I'm not I'm just a guy in your in your ear on your phone telling you things. I'm not an expert, but absolutely. If a stat block has a non-heroic level, it's a non-heroic creature. What about playing stock droids? Well, first off, don't do that. Second of all, if you're playing a character, it's clearly not a non-heroic character. <laughs> the, the, that's my that's my feelings on it. Uh, and also, I believe it says non-heroic characters that take the second wind, extra second wind yeah. feat, gain uh, a second wind. Yeah, I said that earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just making sure we cover yeah, that. Yeah, no, also. absolutely. But yeah, that, anyway, that's my feelings on it. If, if Keep keep downvoting Sam. Keep reacting <laughs> with thumbs down emojis on Discord all you want. Um, I, and if, if you, you I mean, if you disagree with me, write in. Absolutely, we'll sort this out live. If we got any, mics like, now. Source on <laughs> we have <Yeah>. mics now. <laughs> if you have any source on that information, why it wouldn't be? I mean, heroic and non-heroic seems pretty cut and dry. Very Just cut and dry saying. to me. Just I, you look at the stat block, you see non-heroic on there. Bam, non-heroic. If it's a name stat block that you made, and I, I don't like using non-heroic levels when I make enemy stat blocks. Just no, my personal. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, also, I'm not spending wasting money on a fucking level four mook. No, I'm making level six and level no, ten. We're, we're making BBEGs. I'm here. making like, BBEGs. Every mook's been made. Or, or, or you know, little LBEGs. Little, little, little bad evil guys. Little bad evil guys. <laughs> That's really good. But yeah, no, and and bosses, you know, the heroic enemies that the party is facing should second wind like and totally should also let's look at this from a st- i was thinking about this from a strategical standpoint also yeah enemies if they think they're in a good situation would not second wind no if they don't i mean they don't have they know how badly hurt they are yeah but do they have that sort of meta knowledge that players would have on like oh i'm at a co- if i use my second win i go up a quarter of my hit points not really that's not how enemies think yeah it, it's there you're, you're really just shattering your disbelief there by making the enemies like oh i, I better second win i've got one hit point left that, you know that's kind of when you're straddling the line between and you know swissy we, we do this all the time that's when you're you're kind of shifting from storytelling mode to like we're playing a miniatures combat game mode which granted swissy was you know marketed alongside a a miniatures combat game that used Swissy's combat system. So, you know, it's, it's easy thing to fall into, but you know, something to chew on. If you have input on what the hell a non-heroic character creature is, well, let us know. If you disagree with what we said, especially I'd love to hear. 
We get some other feedback. Yes, we have so many emails in the inbox. And we will work through them. And we will. Don't let this discourage you from sending an email. Send an email to darktimeswissy at gmail.com. We have a lot to get through. It's going to be slow going for a little bit here. But hey, we'd love to hear from you guys. Zoy... Mm, Zloy <laughs> Krolik. It's our Russian lesson for the week, Steven. It's, it's our Russian lesson. Zloy Krolik. The... Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I believe. It sounds. I might be wrong. Sounds decent. Yeah. I mean, thank you for all the emails you sent our way. We have a lot to work through from you in particular. So thank you very much for that. Uh, you sent in a very detailed retelling of your recent alternative timeline campaign, and we love it so much. We actually can't read it on the air. It's, there's there's too much of it. Because I feel like personally, it'd be better put to just put on the subreddit. Just put it on the subreddit. It's probably going to reach more people that exactly. way. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's way better formatted for that sort of medium. And people love that sort of thing on here. This is not, you know, fifth edition. There's not exactly a deluge of Star Wars role-playing stories out there. And whenever I do see Star Wars role-playing stories posted on Reddit or elsewhere, they seem to get an appreciable amount of attention. So please... Mr. Zoy, Zoy, Zloy, consider sharing with what you shared with us with the subreddit. I think they would like it a lot. You also mentioned you love using your sounds of Star Wars book at the table, hooking it up to a speaker along with an iPod for supplemental sound effects. <laughs> I love the way this. you describe this book is like it was I don't want to say it's like a kid's book, but it sounded kind of like a kid's book where you can like the cow goes moo. It is. But with like hundreds it? of Star Wars yeah. sound effects. I haven't seen this. Oh, you should look it up sometime. That's so yeah, cool. It's, it's definitely one of those books. It's a it's like a full book and it has like a, a pretty much like a full size like tape recorder on the side. That's basically. so awesome. Yeah. And I guess like an aux output or something because he like mentioned that, hooking it up to speakers. But yeah, really, really cool. An anecdote he did share was that one time he was combining the sounds of Star Wars book with the soundtrack from Empire Strikes Back to surprise his table with a full scale AT-AT miniature that he like picked up at a con with like his his friends, but like hid from them and like surprised them at this moment. <laughs> That's great. So, so cool. Uh, the party Wookiee ascended the walker using an ascension gun, dispatched the crew inside with his Rick blades and left a thermal detonator only to Tarzan swing to safety afterwards. That's that's just fantastic. Someone really watched Empire Strikes Back. It's that's pretty much the that, vibe. That, right? That's exactly what happens I love it. in the movie. Um, Zoy also wanted to point out that he loves pointing a deer. Uh, he once guided his his party, uh, aiding a group of Gamorrean NPCs to set up a food stand for a traditional Gamorrean staple: meat on a stick. Love it. Classic. Stephen, you love your um just fake star wars foods it's, i put so much effort into like making up food but then this guy's out here with meat on a stick i i <laughs> I, works, I love it i love it zoy also says i liked your hex crawl guide i can see the D D influence in it by the use of miles remember star wars universe is in metric winky face well i'll tell you what uh, i think i addressed this in the introduction i use miles because uh well, all, all me and my friends are filthy Americans. Yeah, that's uh, real talk. Yeah. We're, we're American. I'm sorry. My, I, I'm, a, I'm a scientist by trade, so I, I have a pretty good grasp on the metric system for an American. My players overall can't really visualize what a kilometer is, so we just stick to miles. I think in that same introduction paragraph, I say, use whatever measurement system works for you. Just change the label on the end. It, it, it don't matter. But yes, that's why the hex scroll guide uses miles, also because... I, it was adapted from a and d related work that used miles also. But yeah, go go crazy. Change it to change it to uh, um, football fields, football fields. Change it to uh, what's the what's like the biblical cubits. Change it to cubits <laughs> for all I care. Also, my thoughts on Sam. Uh, Sam's a decent co-host, a worse oh, producer. Thank you. Um, and fuck you. They, they could they could really do a lot more to pull their weight around here. I really could. Yeah. <laughs> 
I know, of course, Zoe is, is referring to Sam, that skill attack modifier, an additional set of rules, uh, somewhat popular. I see I see proponents online still of this. Uh, it aims to address Swissy's most obvious balance problem. That's with skill focus. Usually skill focus use the force at early levels, as you probably know, Sam, with the use of skill focus, uh, you can actually outpace your skill modifiers way quicker than defenses appreciate in, in, in Swissy. So what is skill attack modifiers? How does that work? So it's a little involved. I kind of want to do an episode on it because it's it's worth diving into as to why you'd want to use this and when. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on it, actually. Uh, well, and what, give me the Cliff Notes version of what it actually is. So you get an additional stat on your character sheet called your SAM, your skill attack modifier. And it's I can't remember how it's calculated, but it's essentially what you would roll for a certain skill, be it use the force, mechanics, anything, perception, when you're rolling against someone else's defense score. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so fair. it's yeah. if this, your skill's targeting someone else's defense score, you use your SAM instead of your normal skill modifier. If it's against like a normal DC or something, it's still your skill modifier. I mean, as we've seen, Steven, skill focus use the forces. Devastating yeah. at early levels. Yeah, like below like level five, especially below like level seven, it, it it's it's rough. It can be it can it can change the course of entire campaigns very, very easily. But there's ways around that I think that you I think uh people should probably look at all the options available to them before I'm going with something, I don't want to say drastic as Sam, but it's it's a, a bit of effort. You got to do a lot of reading. Well, to, you, you got to think about, I, I know we said we wouldn't talk about this episode, but you got to think about what me as a game master, what is going on on my end that I can address there versus having to change the whole system. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yes, it can look like a, I mean, it does blatantly look like an unbalanced mechanic. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, you know. What am I doing? Am I throwing too many reflex based uh, defense fighters out there? Could I be throwing more hazards? You can't use a can't use a use the force check on a hazard, you know, or yeah. you can or, you know, you can't use the move object on a hazard. I'm of a similar mind that I, I think there's other things you can do that are less involved and easier to execute that that achieve a similar or same effect as, as Sam does. Um, and, and that's something we can discuss maybe maybe next week, maybe the following week. Uh, definitely, definitely going to come back to this, though. Oh, and Zoe, one last thing. I saw that you suggested a character for uh, name that NPC or I literally kill you. The problem with that is that I saw it. Um, <laughs> so if um, if you have a suggestion for Sam to bring up for that section of the podcast, put Zenith Sloth don't read in the subject or put, something. Put name. Um, put it like a page break in the because the problem with emails is you'll see. I can the see text. the preview of the. Yeah, I immediately yeah. saw the name of the character you suggested, therefore ruining. Yeah, exactly. The suggestion. So, yeah. Um, but like a page break, page break in the email. Just press enter a few dozen times. I don't yeah, know. That just works do, too. That do, works yeah, too. whatever works. Uh, all right. That's all for feedback for now. We've got a lot to work through in the coming weeks. And, and so we'll, you'll see, you'll hear more. You'll hear more of that. Steven, Next I'd week. like everyone to take a moment of silence for Atorn, uh, my Mandalorian pilot in zero distance who sadly passed, well, bravely passed, defending his squad mates in his B-wing. He took a nat 20 to a B-Wing that was on half health and it dealt 190 damage, I believe, was close it to was, the number. It was 160. 160. Yeah. A lot of damage. A lot of damage. A lot of damage. So let's, uh, everyone bow your heads, take your hats off, you know, st- take that fucking headset off, Steven. Uh, <laughs> for a moment of silence for Aetorn. But that gave me an idea for this episode. Oh yeah, what's, what's up? We're going to talk about death oh. and how it affects us all yeah. as players and as storytellers. And as people, right? We're getting and like existential. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> you know, player death can feel like that, though. It can. It really can. We've had... Uh, I, 
we've had a few player deaths in our time and they're pretty rough sometimes. They're impactful. Like, I mean, a, a lot of people play this game in such a way that player deaths are commonplace. So people are dropping left and right like flies, but that's not how we play. But for people who are, you know, anyone who's new to role playing games would see this as, well, Steven, first of all, why, why, I thought you liked me. Why did, why did you kill my son? What What's wrong with you? What the fuck's your problem? As we know, everything a game master does at the table is personal. <laughs> Don't say and that. should be taken as such. <laughs> if a game master kills your character, it means they don't like you. That is lesson number one. No, of course not. I killed your boy because, well, it was a draw fire build for one. Absolutely. Um, I knew this was coming. Don't yeah, get me absolutely. Wrong. No, every, everyone knew this was coming. And it was a very difficult encounter. You guys were dispatched to rescue refugees from a part of Ryloth. I can't remember the tapi- Tapioca City. It was like the capital. It was, this, it was the, this, yeah. the capital. Under siege from Imperials. Yeah, the, the imps were, were sieging the Ryloth capital city. There's some refugees trapped in a particular corner of this, the city that was not accessible to any other rebel units. You guys went in with a GR-75 medium transport, try to extract as many as you could. And there was a lot of walkers, mostly focusing on the transport. However, your guy, Atorn, uh, decided to, to attack or attract the attention of the TIE fighter complement in this particular sector. And uh, attracted he did. There was two uh, TIE fighter groups. I think you I think you bravely took one hit from one of them and then the other one nat 20 your ass. Yeah, well, I mean, and that was it. Uh, it's it's one of the, it's one of those things I do like about spaceship combat mm-hmm. where you were out of force points, too. I was out of we're force using points daily well. force points. You're already, the, you already avoided thing. death at an earlier encounter. <laughs> the same day of the same earlier encounter. Yeah. Yeah. Daily force points. They make them precious. Is what I will say <laughs> I'm oh, I meant to kind of do a, a check with with the whole party by this point on daily force points. How, how are you liking daily force points? This is an official variant rule. Um, personally, you have lost a character as a result. So yeah, you know. I mean, it's one of those things where daily first points versus like, should they be encounter force points? How long has it been since the last encounter? Mm-hmm. Okay. You should only have two or something like that. Like maybe, maybe um, every level you get, Oh no! Well, mm. hey, let, let me ask the question again because I think you're. I think I'm losing you. You're losing what them. do you think about using daily force points? I think it sucks if you've got a lot of combats in a row. Is what I'll say. <laughs> Are they daily to my state? Like after long rest, I get my force points back. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think daily force points. What I'll say is it probably wasn't super thought out. Is what I will say. All right. They probably were like, all right, you get so many a day per level or something like that, and then that's cool. Ship it. And I don't, I don't blame them for that. I yeah. mean, there probably wasn't a lot of playtesting around the probably variant not. rules probably not. in SAG edition. I don't doubt it. Would I do it differently? Maybe like, hey, if you get a med pack or if you get healed at all, you gain a, a force point hmm. back or anything like That's that. That's pretty powerful. What do you mean? You only get healed once per day. Not true. With a med pack? Oh, yeah, with a med pack. Unless, yeah, you, yeah. unless you take some fucking heavy ass feats for it. I've done it, Steven. Once per day with a med pack or once with surgery, maybe twice with surgery. But surgery takes an hour. So it's one of those things where, you know, it's like a short rest and quote and deep to, to go full D&D terms on you. Yeah, disgusting. I know. I'm sorry. I'm ashamed <laughs> of it. But I just, you know, wouldn't have lost the boy. <laughs> My boy would be fine, Steven. But I made me want to talk about character death for the players and for storytellers. Yeah. Um, it's something. Death is a big part of Star Wars storytelling. Yeah. It happens like every movie. Someone dies. At least someone. At least a lot of people die. <laughs> Were you going somewhere with that? I, I think I was, but I think my brain's starting to cook. 
you did something in the past I very much enjoyed where you would say at the beginning of uh, sessions where big combats were going to happen, like, it is not my intent to kill. What, what do you say? You, there's, you have a full, like, a full setup. <sighs> I, do have a, I do have a whole thing. It's like the, lo- it's like the sped up version of, like, the drug uh, warnings and commercials and stuff like that. <sighs> like, Xenosloth is not liable for any deaths caused by this encounter. <laughs> I can't. Um, it's something about how you don't intend to kill players. Yeah, I, before I actually I didn't do it this time, which is funny enough. Well, but th- that was a different thing. We can get we'll to talk that later. About yeah. that. We'll talk about um, that. But yeah, in, in the past, um, I when there was a very difficult encounter coming up, I, I prefaced the encounter with a little speech. I, I think I heard that Matt Mercer does something similar, and that's when I, I started doing it. Um, that you know, it's never my intention to kill players. That I, I'm not. I don't sit down. And some game masters are like this. That I don't sit down. And rub my hands together and, and figure out how I'm going to kill players this session. Base rocks fall. Everyone dies. Yeah, I don't do that shit. You know, what I do do is balance the encounters as mathematically best as I can. And, you know, there's very real ways to create a mathematical challenge for the players. And so before a big encounter emphasized that, you know, failure is a st- statistical inevitability and makes for great storytelling, that it doesn't represent a a like poor playing on anyone's part especially mine it's just another twist in in the story of ours yeah um and that's something that you should talk to your players at during session zeros depending yeah. on the on the what kind of campaign you're going for when i launched this campaign zero distance i understood that you know vehicle combat particularly starship combat is swingy as all hell that you know we're dealing with damage in the order of 100 to 300 on a regular basis and that player death like will happen. Like yeah. I much I used to be really nervous about even getting close to player death. Cause something in my brain told me that if I killed a player character, then that player would hate me. That's also not the, the case in case you're worried about that. We'll out see there. when this episode comes out. Well, we will see when this episode comes out. We'll see out. how you, will you sound like a chipmunk or not? We'll find out. That'll really, t- <laughs> that'll really tell you whether I hate you or not. But I, I, I had like a four page document that I pitched this campaign with and a whole paragraph on that document. It was, I called it a, a what was it? A, um, like a setting primer yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, I said, I had a whole paragraph that, you know, death will happen. Like it, it's not reflecting on me or you or, or anything like it doesn't mean your build is bad. It's, this is a, this is a war campaign, star Wars, right? This is a military campaign. Player death is going to be a, a prominent dead center focus on, on this campaign. And, um, and that's something I think every GM should mention oh, to yeah. their players. If it's going to be, if it's going to happen, you know, you, you want to you want to be challenging you want your players to be challenged it certainly softened the blow i think yeah when 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 atorn died i was like a little panicked i was like oh my god what did that what have i done like holy shit i fucked up i didn't when i was talking to another player of ours uh, she was like oh yeah i'm not I, that didn't phase me at all i wasn't really surprised that that happened like like the build was the yeah, draw fire. It, it was a draw build. fire build. And you told us that there was going to be player death at the start of the campaign. So I, I really wasn't, I, I wasn't really shocked. I mean, it's big, big deal. It's a bummer, but yeah, she wasn't worried about it at all. And that's when I kind of realized like, Oh yeah, I did tell everyone at the start <laughs> of the campaign to expect player death. So um, it, it helped not just the players, but it helped me feel a lot well, less guilty. So you should forward your next campaign with, Hey, you guys should expect awful game mastering. Yeah. <laughs> That way you don't yeah. feel bad at the end of a session. When Perfect session, zero topic. Hey guys, I'm really crap at this. 
I haven't even really no, read no, the books. No, no. I will be crap at this. It's just a matter of when. It doesn't necessarily mean now or in the future. I just I, it will happen, and don't be surprised when it happens. No, it's so a good you point. can't hit them all, Stephen. You can't have a perfect bad hand. I had like I had like master. three big flubs last session that I'm still kicking myself for. It ha- listen, it, it was it was, t- it was telling you to shut up. <laughs> it was telling Michael to shut up, and it was and it was um it was that attack that uh. At the end of this encounter that killed Atorn's character, by the way, I introduced some ATAAs. These are some anti-aircraft variants of, of all-terrain Imperial walkers. They can make a two-by-two two area attack at starship scale. As far as I know, one of the only weapons that can with their unique flak pod cannons. I roll in the top one percentile of damage. I think I rolled four nines and an eight <laughs> times five. <laughs> it was somewhere between like 190 and 200-something damage. It might have been like 190. Might be getting those dice wrong. But anyway, it was like 190 something. Everyone's freaking out. Well, no, it's not like everyone's freaking out. It's that dead silence. Everyone's like, yeah. What do like we do? 190? We, we, and you know, it's not your fault, but I think we all kind of forgot how vehicular combat No, yeah, works it was such a second. shock. Everyone forgot about vehicular combat where they can roll a pilot check to negate any attack. Um, once per round, of course. And everyone, everyone cheered up a little bit, I think, when, when I reminded them of that. And then, and then you guys pulled out of that encounter entirely. You're like, you look, we picked up uh, some refugees. <laughs> we got to go. You're down a full ass B wing. Like it, yeah. it was rough. It, it was, was rough. It was a, it was a tough one. And you know, I thought it, reflecting on that encounter later that night, I was like, Rodney talked a lot about failure in moderation. This was your guys's first big L like ever at the Swissy table. Like this is probably the first time you guys had ever incurred like a I major mean, loss. We've had character death as a group. Oh, of course. But like losing an encounter, losing an encounter. Like I don't yeah. think, I don't think you guys have ever had that before last night. Um, we had a pretty big wyvern squadron moment where like last minute, NPC fold space destiny points the whole party out. That's true. That's like, true. It was pretty bad. That was like, an L. That was an L. That was a pretty bad L. Yeah. But it was great. It was fun as hell. So that's another thing Roddy talked about. Yeah. Those moments are great. No one cares about the moment where you plowed through three squads of stormtroopers with one lightsaber tied behind your back or whatever the fuck happens. I love I love when Rodney said that no one cares that you that you crit smited the lich. That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. When he said that's what's supposed to happen. I was like, yeah. I love it. So oh, you played to your strengths. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> You did that thing right. <laughs> Yo, this you. guy's really good at RPGs. He uses his class abilities. <laughs> you say that, but I have heard several uh, <laughs> podcasts where they straight up forget their class abilities. Oh, dude, what is it with rogues? Like, it's always the rogues in those actual plays that don't do jack shit. Uh, I sneak around it. You have sneak attack that has the the all the cool shit for sneak attack does. We can talk about storytelling death a little bit more, but I want to talk about like mechanical death. First, yeah, a bit because it's. I mean, it's it's Swissy. It's it's dying is fun in Swissy. It's a little hard, I think, to die. Yeah, in Swissy. It is, so when it happens, it's kind of a kind of a big fucking deal. So, a character is reduced to zero hit points. I'm reading out of the core rulebook. A creature reduced to zero hit points moves minus five steps on the condition track and falls unconscious. However, if the damage that reduced the creature to zero hit points equals or exceeds its damage threshold, the creature is killed instead. So we've talked about falling unconscious before. I don't feel like we need to again. No. So we're just fuck that. If you had zero hit points and you didn't die, you're unconscious. Yeah. And there's constitution checks there. And we've covered that before. You can read up on it if you, if you need to. We'll, we'll, we'll eventually circle back to that one day, I'm sure. A droid object or vehicle reduced to zero hit points moves minus five steps on the condition track and is disabled. 
However, if the damage that reduced it to zero hit points equals or exceeds the damage threshold, the droid object or vehicle is destroyed instead. You see the pattern here. If you're dropped to zero hit points by an attack that deals damage in excess or equal to your damage threshold, you're dead or destroyed. Not really much to come back from doing that. You can spend a force point to not die at this point, and instead you'll fall unconscious and then do the unconscious stuff. A character or creature, interesting it says a character or creature there. All, all, all characters are creatures, I'm pretty sure. A character or creature that dies cannot be brought back to life except under special circumstances. There's the Revivify ability, that's a treat injury check. I believe you have to get to them within a certain number of rounds of their death. Similarly, a destroyed droid, object, or vehicle cannot be repaired. The Star Wars galaxy is a vast and perilous wilderness, and heroes who fight against evil and tyranny sometimes make the ultimate sacrifice. When a hero dies, the only thing a player can do is bid their character a fond farewell and roll up a new one. And roll up I did. And roll up you did. There's an often forgotten rule about taking damage in a destroyed vehicle that I want to make clear as well. This is also from the core rulebook. In addition, all the vehicle's occupants take damage equal to one half of the amount of damage that exceeded the vehicle's damage threshold. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a little, it's a little clunky. It's a little hard to imagine, but in practice, it's very easy. As if taking damage while in a vehicle with a shield rating and DR isn't already clunky, Steven. No, don't, don't, don't <laughs> forget about damage reduction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's very hard to receive an attack in a vehicle, man. Oh my God. It's like an algebra problem every time. It's Pretty crazy. Much. Say you're, you're in a starfighter that has a damage threshold of 20. I'm making up a number. That's probably not. The fictional. That's star. a fictional, fictional starfighter. It's made of cardboard. Yeah, it's made of cardboard. <laughs> it's got. 50 hit points, 20 damage threshold. You take 80 damage. You're at zero hit points. The damage exceeds the damage threshold. The vehicle's destroyed. So that's 50 hit points, 80 damage, 60 damage exceeded the vehicle's damage threshold, right? That's the excess. Half of that. The pilot takes 30 damage in this example, fake made up scenario. Not that common to die in a destroyed vehicle. Did you notice that? Yeah. For a higher level character, say Atorn wasn't already damaged, was in, was at he full was health. At, yeah. He was at 20 hit points. Don't get it. Let's yeah. not get it wrong. Yeah. He let's, was going to die. Let's say Atorn tops off at like what? 50 or something? Yeah. Like 44 is what it was. Yeah. 44. Say the B-Wing was in full repair and it wasn't a crit. You probably would not have died. You probably would have crashed to the surface, fallen unconscious, been, been fine. You know, get up, walk it off. Soldier, way to go. But when like missile crits get into the picture, <laughs> when you're talking about damage on the order of like 150 to 200, that's when you start insta dying in your vehicle. And but that makes sense. But that makes sense because of we course. see that in Star Wars. Watch Luke the and, trench Luke run. And Han, Luke and Han uh, taking out ties in the Falcon. Yeah, just one shot to a Tie Fighter, it's fucking dead. Yes, absolutely. I. And the Falcon's not that good. It's not that good. It's no. not going to kill people like that. No, it's fast. It's not, it's not strong. She's fast. Yeah, so that's, that's dying in a nutshell. It's pretty simple and kind of hard to happen, especially at, um, at lower levels. You can die pretty easily. But once you're, if you make it to like level five, you probably aren't ever going to die from a single attack. Like, probably not. You got to, so with, you know, the normal force point rules, mm -hmm. level five, you probably got anywhere from five to ten force points. Yeah. 
you know, you take damage. Five to like eight. Five to eight-ish. Yeah. You take damage that would take you to zero and kill you. Yeah. You spend a force point to not die. Yeah. Now, to actually kill you, whatever's attacking you needs to, one, know you're not dead. Mm -hmm. And two, intentionally want to kill you. And how would they do that at that point, Sam? Do you recall? They just make an attack against you. Close. Close? Uh, the best way to do it is a little uh, often not used action, full round coup de gras. Oh, to instantly kill me. Yes. Enemy. You can walk up to, well, you can't do it on the same turn because it's a full round action, but adjacent to an unconscious enemy, you can spend a full round action to coup de gras, and that is an automatic crit that kills them. What don't uh, unconscious characters, they don't get automatically crit, do they? No, they don't. Um, Only when it's a coup de gras is it an automatic okay. crit. Yeah. Unconscious characters, so they still had to t would have to take damage greater than their damage threshold to die then. Yes. Okay. There's been many an awkward scenario, and it helped me out on this one because this is a gap in my understanding, but there's been many times where a player's been unconscious and still continually receiving damage, be it from an enemy, usually a hazard, and they never will take enough to exceed their damage threshold. Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't stack, it, would, it doesn't yeah. stack. They're unconscious. They don't have that minus 10 penalty to their damage threshold anymore. They're unconscious. They're not at the minus five step. Oh, really? When you're unconscious, you're, yeah, you don't get the CT? Yeah, because, you know, it's minus one, minus two, minus five, minus ten. Unconscious, that penalty doesn't apply when you're unconscious. It's not. What, is, what does helpless give you, Steven? Helpless means you're, you're just a little helpless boy. So, a helpless opponent attacks, melee attacks against helpless opponents gain a plus five in the attack roll. Yeah. And a helpless opponent cannot add any dexterity bonus to reflex defense. Yeah. And their dex score is treated as if it were zero. Oh, okay. So the dex mod to reflex defense is negative five. So it's a lot easier to hit them. Yeah. But this still doesn't affect their damage threshold or their ability to die. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah it, it does make sense that it would be, it's not cumulative for their damage threshold, obviously. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's uh, it's another reason why I think it's kind of pretty damn hard to die in Swissy because even if you're unconscious, if you manage to survive your, your con roll, you're doing pretty good. Like you're down, but you're probably not going to die unless... You have a particularly cruel game master who's going to make the stormtrooper coup de gras you, which I think would be totally justified. You guys are ruthless. Yeah, I mean, it, filthy rebels. Well, also, on. how sure are they that you're dead? Yeah, as well. Are will they, a stormtrooper stop shooting at? Are they going to double tap you? Yeah, are they <laughs> going to go? They're going to go look, listen, feel. Like check your breath. Like probably not. Like only the most ruthless Sith Lord, I think, would like go out of his way to make sure you were dead. It's the double tap roll. Yeah, Swissy. Absolutely. <laughs> So th there isn't much mechanically covering death. I'm sure there's plenty of cool feats and talents out there regarding death. Maybe. I don't really know. There's stuff regarding, um, I believe, some revivify advanced medicine talent that lets you like do it in a number of rounds equal to half your level, I think, or something like that. Something crazy where it's like, yeah, you can wait a full 50 seconds before they actually <laughs> they're actually dead to where you can still revive them. That's so cool. But I want to talk more about like narrative device of death yeah yeah absolutely yeah. so death is always a great opportunity to bring the emotions out of your players and it's you know my humble opinion that emotions at the table are really what makes stories memorable i try to bring out emotions whatever those emotions may be at every possible story beat because i i did that's that's what i recall when i think back about the best moments of the campaign how i felt in the moment to commemorate the death of your character we all got in the session. We we're all ready to play. And I recapped the last session and then kind of asked everyone to take a moment of silence while we listened to Space Boy by the Smashing <laughs> Pumpkins. It's about a three minute, 58 second song. And I, I told everyone that we'll probably have an opportunity to reflect on Atorn's death in character. 
why not we we take an opportunity to reflect on it as players right now? And so I, you know, asked everyone to I muted my mic because I was eating. <laughs> and uh and and we listen we listen to the song that you know is is a very kind of sweet somber is the acoustic version no less um and the, the lyrics kind of you know struck a few chords no pun intended to, with me about Atorn and his life i mean space boy they'll kill me you know any way you choose me i'll 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 be gone come on yeah i mean it was i think it's become sort of like a tradition in our group to do that because i i did that in pathfinder when my dwarf cleric uh, uh, Strone died. You did. It was some sort of, it was a shanty, right? It was a Northwest Passage. It was Northwest Stan Passage, Rogers. which is a, a very emotional, song. Yeah. song. I was in tears by the end of it. Yes, I think and I was too. It's, you have great moments like that. We've had a few, I can think of other Star Wars moments where we've had characters like uh, leave behind wills yeah. and stuff like no like they get a force vision and they knew they were gonna die or something like that yep. it's, it's a fun cop-out but it's still it is a cop-out but it's still fun absolutely absolutely <laughs> cop-outs are fun but i just think as for players new to role-playing mm-hmm. these characters whether they know it or not are a part of them they've, oh yeah they have crafted they've they've like Adam making Eve. They have <laughs> Adam. Okay. Double check who made Eve there, Adam Sam. Adam made Eve with, with his lung or whatever. I don't know. God made Eve from Adam's rib. <laughs> what the fuck? With his lung? Is that what I said? Yeah. That's staying in. <laughs> like, uh. Genesis facts from your favorite <laughs> Swissy podcast. Like, like sculpting, uh, art piece that took you a long time to do. These characters they you are emotionally invested in them whether you realize it or not especially if it's your first role-playing game character and you might be a little hesitant at first but eventually you become emotionally invested in these beings these people that's how you know you're doing it right that's how you like, know you're doing if you it right. give a damn about the character which let's remind ourselves is numbers and letters on a piece of paper like and the thoughts you have in your brain that's how you know you're having a good time in and the a playlist game. i made on spotify steve <laughs> And it's uh, the great, a uh, great improviser Branson Reese once said that these characters, when you make a character, when you're improvising as a character, especially at a role playing table, you're turning on and off parts of yourself. These are traits, thoughts, beliefs that exist on some level within you, and you're just playing with different combinations of them. That's playing a character. And so when something happens to a character, it's natural to feel fucking bummed. And that's okay, though. And that's okay. Because that means that character's story meant something to you emotionally and that meant that the game you're playing is worth your time absolutely i mean shit if you if your character dies and you feel fucking nothing just go play another game (laughs) turn it off play a video game do something else (laughs) death in star wars is a motivation for a lot of characters i think uh phantom menace when we see qui-gon is killed by by darth maul do you remember the expression on ian mcgregor's face oh yeah he's like like it's like he didn't that's like they didn't tell him that it's like they didn't tell him that Liam Neeson was gonna get killed it's It's like they actually killed (laughs) Liam Neeson in front of him and you know that's it's explored a lot in a a lot of auxiliary content about Obi-Wan but that's like the closest he had been to the dark side you know that that pushed him to the very you could see it on his face you can see the way he fights he just goes fucking ham on Maul he cuts him in half for Christ's sake absolutely and kills him until you know he comes back as a schizophrenic spider but (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But all this to say that a character's death, even if it's like the meme character in the party, should be impactful. And you should play that out. No doubt you're going to feel something when your friend's character dies. At least I I hope it does. You fucking 
weirdo. <laughs> sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> Sigil, the null leader, the, yeah. the squad leader, her her player couldn't stop thinking about Ator in the entire session. Revenge is a very natural place to go for a, a party death, and it can change the course of the whole campaign. It's not uncommon for the party to lose a character and then the rest of the party is like okay time to time to really take it to the empire time to really show them like that we cared about our buddy and that you can't just you know kill our friends that happens in rebels like six times yeah (laughs) (laughs) that someone dies or something and then there's a suicide mission spoiler alert Fucking Ezra uh, mourns Kanan twice in Rebels. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how bad it is. <laughs> and, and you know, mourning is such a unique opportunity to roleplay because mourning is so different for everyone. You know, mourning for me, I recently lost a, a grandfather and I wasn't very close with him. But it, it, it like I was fucked up seven different ways over the course of like six months. I kind of had like different feelings about that thing that happened to me. And really, more, more, mostly him. And, and, um, <laughs> and you wrote your next campaign while thinking about this, like how Zero Distance was written while thinking about a breakup. Yeah, this next campaign, you guys are gonna go save my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know, try to get in touch with is your character the the rough and gruff like soldier merc type who isn't accustomed to showing a lot of emotion. You know, how do they? Is it just another death on the battlefield for them? Was this character? had a glimpse into their, their soft golden heart, you know, and, and now that they're gone, you know, how do, how do they process that? You know, you can, is your character a, a very over emotional kind of clownish figure? There's a lot of them out there. You've played more than one. Oh, absolutely. And you know, how do they handle mourning? You know, is, is what's the class clown do when, when suddenly, you know, their it's best a friend great story dead. moment is what it is. It is. It's, it's a perfect moment, a very easy moment, really. Let's be honest here to pivot your character. Death, should affect them in some way. It's not realistic or even that interesting to have them just brush it off. That doesn't yeah. really happen in Star Wars. There's plenty of tough guys in Star Wars that are faced with death. Think about like Kyle Katarn. That guy had his, had his flirtations with the dark side more than once. He, he kind of bounced back and forth over the line there. And death or fear of the death of his friends was a big motivator. Do I even need to mention Anakin Skywalker here? <laughs> no, no. He became Darth Vader because he was afraid Padme might die. And I mean, you could also mention Obi-Wan as, as of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yeah. The effect that Anakin's death and realizing that he's alive has on him as a character. Remember when he like got an inkling that Anakin was still alive and he just stared off into the distance for this is Obi-Wan, like the hero, Obi-Wan, the like the perfect Jedi heard that Anakin might not be dead. And he was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And but. As much as this is a very crucial and uh, interesting moment for role playing, mm-hmm. some players aren't super keen on that, and that's okay. Yeah, you know, GMs don't. You know, you're not. Some players want the characters to die when they just have decided <laughs> they want a new build. So I'm like, ah, oh, kind of. There's t- other things you can do. You don't have to kill off your character because you don't want to play them anymore. Yeah, they can. Characters can retire. Characters can become disillusioned with their situation and change up their lifestyle. They can be they can be reassigned to another mission of their own choosing or something like that. They can die in a blaze of glory. Um, and there's mechanical benefits when they do written in the in the rules. You get like a plus one to attacks and damage plus two, maybe. Uh, GMs, I just want to remind you, for those who need to hear it, you're not Matthew Mercer. 
You're not going to be Matthew Mercer, and it's okay. And don't expect your players to be Matthew Mercer's players. They don't have to have every fucking conversation in character. No. And it's a bit of a, I'm kind of taking a tangent here, but especially regarding player death, some people handle it in different ways, oh, whether yeah. in character or not. Some people think it's funny. My first major character death I had was a droid. Uh, we've talked about him many times in the show. Fry, the, like a service droid cowboy. When he died, I didn't like, it didn't hit me until like two days later. You were bummed. <laughs> and, and then it hit me pretty hard. I was like, oh man, he's dead. The circumstances of his death were also very kind of emotionally rough for me. Just it was saying. it was Sam's first character death. It was my first uh, game master. Are you sure moment? Well, that's not how he died, though. We know how he di- how he died was another player character killed him. That's right. I always forget that little detail that yeah, uh, it wasn't just my decision to to like. Get that's killed. right. It was not entirely your decision. Yeah. So uh, Fry crashed a, a ship into a nightclub. Uh, this led he survived. One of the few people to survive. <laughs> the party made a logical but brutal conclusion that this droid was malfunctioning and needed to be stopped before it crashed more ships into more nightclubs <laughs> um, and had a kind of very grim moment of it was kind of a, it was very of mice and men. Yeah. Spo- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the horses. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a, a novel from 1940s, I guess. But we're getting really into into like different media. This well, you week. know, it's a storytelling podcast as much as it's a role playing podcast. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, yeah. We had a very grim moment where where, you know, one one party member distracted Fry by talking to him about oil or something. <laughs> and the other, the edgiest part member of the party, of course, at the time, point blank, pulled the trigger. And it was um, then they destroyed his memory chip, which was like kind of like really took it pretty far. But <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Uh, yeah. Well, also, I think at that time I had a very different different grasp on the on using a force point to not die rule. Yes. Um, so we were just like, all right, well, if you're going to keep using force points to not die while you're unconscious, which we can't do, we, yeah. as we all know. Yes. <laughs> then we just destroyed the main components that make yeah, it the they droid. Yeah, just disassembled you and left most of you in a trash heap. On and then my next, the, char- the interim character I played came in and kicked him over like he was a, a pile of garbage. <laughs> which at that point he was. That was Quobac, who was basically, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what's his, oh shit. Pirate. The Weequay Pirate Man. This this effort is no longer profitable. What's his name? I don't, uh, Hondo Onaka. Hondo Onaka. <laughs> We're gonna get emails about that one. Uh, it was basically Hondo Onaka with a stolen lightsaber. That was literally it. It was cool. It was very cool. Very enjoyed that character. He, he um he induced another character to commit suicide by cop. That was something that happened. <laughs> that was not a player character. Though. No, that was that was an NPC. Was an he, NPC. He induced an NPC. An NPC he hadn't met before, by yeah, the way. Yeah. It was just like. He saw a problem and he had a solution and he shot him and then the, the guy blew himself up. This is a very different conversation we're having. Yeah. I feel like I'm on trial here. Well, you know, it's still still character death. It's a very interesting leg of the campaign that looking is, back. That's a fair point. NPC character death yeah. affects players in different ways as well. Absolutely. I mean, think about I'm experimenting with this a lot in Zero Distance right now. Putting the quest giver in compromised positions Last session, two sessions ago, the captain of the ship that you guys served on asked you to arrest your commanding officer for misconduct, for like drunken misconduct in in a debriefing meeting. Capital D drunken misconduct. Yeah, like like literally like incomprehensible slurring, like angry outbursts misconduct. I wanted to know what would happen if, you know, if I give the players the opportunity to remove 
the main quest giver, the NPC they have the most direct relationship with, what would happen? The the man who brought them together. Yeah. The, the like the impetus for this whole story that we're telling. I wanted to know what they would do if they had the opportunity to to arrest him. There's another NPC that wants to kill the character in question. So player death, it's it doesn't happen in Swissy a lot. If you want it to happen more, pick up daily force points, baby, because <laughs> yeah. you can wear them down Re- real quick. Fucking remove the net, <laughs> acrobatics yeah. and trapeze artists. No, it's it, gone. No, it's true. The biggest barrier to character death is force points. So you need to go after that if you want some more character deaths going on. Um, I did it with daily force points. I, I was unsure. I was on the fence about that decision. I'm 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 assured of it now. They're staying. Sorry. That's fine. They're I don't staying. mind. You'll, fine. Get, you'll get more soon. You get like a third one next level, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always permanent. There's always Revivify. You can you can look more into that. Uh, is treat cyborg injury. hybrid? Cyborg hybrid. Um, you can't like come back as a Force Ghost, right? You can, but you can't. Is there a mechanic? Is there a Destiny point thing um, for that? Let's there's, look. There's actually. the Holocron Lore Master, which gives you like a f- spirit that is like a, a projection of you. Maybe that's like something only. Wait, no, Jedi Masters can do that. Can't you have they? To, a Force user who dies in the process of fulfilling their destiny. That's right. That's right. Of course. So that's an option. And th- those rules are pretty interesting. You become like straight up ephemeral. Like you don't even have like physical ability scores. And you become an, a, an NPC. Yeah. You also yeah. become an NPC. That too. This ain't Lego Star Wars. You know, Yoda <laughs> ghost million credits over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's an easy, it's a, it's a softball pitch of a, of a role playing opportunity. Let's be honest. Great way to pivot your story. Great way to pivot your character's arc. And just, I guess a final, my final words on it is, mm-hmm. Whether you're ready for it or not, it'll happen. <laughs> the dice decide when character deaths happen. Don't forget. And don't fudge rolls if you're scared a character death will happen. Yeah, Fucking no. Don't, end them. Do it. What's the point it, of taking the, the, the net away if you're going to put it right back up at the last second? Exactly. That's I used to fudge rolls to avoid character deaths. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I don't yeah, do it, it anymore. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Clear. No, you explicitly didn't fudge just to kill me. <laughs> Stop fudging once just to kill you. Thank you so much for listening to the Dark Times podcast. Uh, this is the part of the show where Stephen and I thank you. Yes, and thank you. We must, uh, in order to show our thanks, we have a little. We, we we revealed last week during the Rodney interview. Patrons, there's now merch. If you're in the five dollar tier, you complete three payments starting August seventh. That's three months of of your patronage. You will automatically receive a sticker. For the Dark Times podcast, shipped directly to your door with our new, freshly designed logo. Uh, just make sure your address is up to date. If you're in the $10 tier, after three months of patronage starting August 7th, you'll receive a t-shirt and a sticker. I, I, I'm still, the website was being weird with me when I was trying to add the sticker, but you will, you will get that sticker and t-shirt. Don't, don't worry. I wanted it, I'm a little bummed out, because I wanted it to ship automatically to patrons who had already completed three months of, of, of payments, which most of pretty much all of you have. I begged and pleaded with Patreon. They said, that's not how it works. Chief. Sorry. My apologies. My, my whole goal was to have the Rodney interview drop at the same time as all these packages going out to everyone. Unfortunately, that's just not how this works. Uh, we're still sticking with merch through Patreon for quite a few reasons. Um, it's the most cost effective way for us to do this. I don't have to track addresses by myself in a big spreadsheet. I don't have to fill my... <laughs> and we don't have to pack things ourselves. Yeah, I don't have to ship things myself. I don't have to fill my house with stickers and t-shirt inventory, which I really do not want to do. I don't, I don't live in a very big house. 
Well, Stephen, just don't do it again. Yeah, I just, you know, I just won't do it again. <laughs> don't but do, yes, don't do it again or I'll be looking for other hosts. If you <laughs> if you remain a patron over these next few months, your loyalty will be rewarded sticker fold or T-shirt fold and it'll all be automatic and you won't have to pay a dime beyond what you've already put in. Um, we don't even make a whole lot of money on these T-shirts. We make 10 bucks on that T-shirt, by the way. Really? Yeah. Over the course of three months, we make $10 on that t- with the sticker. You don't have to worry about repeat orders after those three months. You're not, not going to get flooded with stickers every every three months, <laughs> four times a year. That won't happen. Uh, it's a one that's and a done. Good, that's a good sticker uh, income, though. Four yeah. times a year. Yeah, yeah. that's not bad. <laughs> Maybe if we like could do more stickers. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yes, that's an announcement for the patrons. Maybe I'll send out an email with that info, too. And if that sounded enticing to you, could be patrons out there. Give it a thought. Check the link in the description. We've got lots of stuff. There's more, far more waiting for you on there than stickers and T-shirts. There's my hex crawl guide. We're working on the Dark Times module. We already have a kind of, what would you call it? Cheat sheets. The yeah. sit down. Player handouts. Player handouts. Sit down, get started playing Swissy in like 15 minutes sort of supplement. Very, very nice. Uh, there's some maps on there that you've done. Your your famous sandstorm do 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 encounters <laughs> up there. Uh, I made an into I you it's funny you bring up that one. That one's probably the least effort I've made into a map. I made an Imperial hangar. Oh yeah, you did. There. And you like that map. I love that map. It's, it's a, really it's a nice. good encounter. It's big. You guys want a nice big detailed map of an Imperial hangar? Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> we we had a really cool escape. I made a separate there. token for the elevator that comes up in the hangar. And it it, 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 it works well. It's good. It's just it's fun stuff is what it is. Really fucking fun stuff. Well, I guess get back in the show now. Yeah? No, no. Okay. We have got a review. Yes. Zoli Krolik. Thank you. Reviewed us on the dark uh, on iTunes or Apple podcast, whatever the fuck. Whichever they call it, it now. is. Uh, five stars. As a longtime SWSE player and GM, this podcast has been a great help. I've learned quite a bit about the different parts of the game and how they fit together. The hosts are fun and informative. The show is great to listen to. Keep up the good job. Thank you so much, Zoli Krolik. Yes, thank you so much. That means so much to us. If you'd like to support the podcast without giving us money, uh, you can reach out to us to say hello, send us a bill, give us a topic you want us to discuss, give us your thoughts on the episode so far. Tell your friends, your players, your fellow Redditors about the podcast. Hell, if you email us that you told a friend about the show and give us both your names or whatever your, your online handles, we'll shout you both out on the show. Review us on Spotify, send us a screenshot into that, we'll, re- we'll shout you out. Review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows, send us a screenshot. We'll shout you out that way too. Fantastic. Now let's get you back into the show, Steve. Bingo. Bingo, bongo, blongo. Bingo, Columbo. Am I right? This is the most Zoy Krolik episode there is. Yeah, Zoy Krolik with the hat trick today, Steve. Seriously. An email, a review, and a build. It's like he's doing what we tell him to do. <laughs> God's strongest Dark Times listener. <laughs> well, let's let's take a look at this build, Sam. What do we got? Uh, we've got Keeve Harloon, mm. a Runian Scout 7. I like Runian. Mono Scout build. It's been a while since I've seen one. I haven't seen like a Scout this. build in a sec. I love, I love it when it happens. Uh, Keeve is a tracker on an Outer Rim Fringe World. He rides a trained Blurg and uses a Vibro Lance. Steven, I gotta say something about last night. We, it's funny that he's a Blurg, honestly. It's, it's, what a coincidence. Uh, the Blurg hate from our player group All right. this week. All right, you were the guy who brought up Blurgs in a Starfighter campaign. I have to point that out first. You, I'm just saying, no, 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 it wasn't relevant to that. I'm just saying that we, what I said, like, hey, Blurgs are 
probably pretty hard to ride, right? They're, you know, you can't knock the blurgs. And you guys were like, they're just, they're just little fucking tadpoles with legs and shit. Like, no, blurgs are cool. And Zoy Krolik is here to support me with his Scout 7 Blurg Rider. All right. All right. I, I concede. <laughs> He's got the mounted combat feet, which allows you to treat your mount like a vehicle, pretty much. It doesn't say that, but it, it pretty much it does. does yeah. It lets you to increase speed with a DC 20 ride check, just like with a starfighter or any other ship and vehicle. It also allows you once per round to negate a weapon hit against you or your mounts by making a successful ride check, just like vehicular combat, which makes sense looking at the name of Very the Very cool. Often overlooked mounted combat. Not a lot of mounted uh, players. Not in, a lot of mount heads out there. Not a lot of mount heads out there. He's also got the expert rider talent, which allows him to reroll a ride check, keeping the reroll. Momentum strike allows you to add a die of damage to a melee attack if your mount or vehicle has already moved its speed. Good for charging, gives a plus two competence bonus to the attack roll when doing so. With Keeve's Vibro Lance, that brings the damage up to 3d10. That's serious. Advanced melee weapons, my man. Gotta love it. Keeve also has other great scout options, not limited to mounted combat. Long stride from the Fringer talent tree increases Keeve's speed by two squares in lighter no armor. And fleet-footed, increasing that speed by another two squares when using the running attack feet. Let's talk about how a tracker tracks, Steven. It's a tracker. I haven't mentioned any tracking things yet. He's a tracker. The acute senses talent from the awareness talent tree allows a reroll on any perception check and use computer checks to perceive enemy ships. Expert tracker talent also gives Keeve no penalty on survival checks made to follow tracks while moving your normal speed. Which I think, like we've talked about before, survival skill for scouts vastly overlooked sometimes absolutely sometimes this is only a level seven build so i i i brought a few things to the table that might help uh soup up your your combat encounters yeah, if, if you're using this one let's take a let's take a peek uh the powerful charge and trample feats are great since any feats that affect your charge also affect any mounted charges you make powerful charge gives bonus damage and bonus to hit while charging adding half your level in damage as well oh shit that's already going to beef up the already beefy 3d10 that's absolutely and then the trample feat allows your mount to make an attack on enemies as a free action against each enemy in each square you charge through oh that's that's nice yeah if if your game master's fucking up and clustering those stormies yeah you're gonna you're gonna be dealing some serious damage so swift action increase mount speed and then Go for the 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 uh, trample. It's insane for the charge. It's so cool. That's all I have for uh, Zoli Krolik's level seven scout build. Thank Very you nice. so much. It's gonna be in the description there. And uh, if you have a build you want to send to us to have a sh- highlight on the show, email us darktimesswse at gmail.com. Yes, anything, please send it our way. All right, Stephen. What's up? This is that time of the show again. Oh, I. I almost forgot. For those new to the show. Speaking of player death. (laughs) This is the part of the show I like to call name that NPC where I literally kill you. I've got a stat block here. I'm going to read it out. And at any time, Steven can buzz in with a yes or no question and then take a guess. And he has three chances to do so or he dies. And when he does die, eventually, it's not a if, it's a when. uh, I will be looking for a replacement host to, you know, join me on the show. So keep an eye out. Steven, this one might be easy. Okay. But it also might not be. So we'll see how this goes. Okay. This is a this is from the Saga Edition web enhancements in parentheses Star Wars miniatures previews. Oh, this will be a toughie. Uh, affiliations, the Confederacy of Independent Systems, and the Techno Union. 
We're looking at a medium Skakoan Noble 3, Soldier 4, Military Engineer 3. Languages, we've got Basic, Binary, Bachi, Duris, High Galactic, Putties, Nemoidian, Quarinese, Rhodes, Rill, Skakoform, and Skakoverbal. Watt Tembor. Steven, did you want to ask a question first? Listen, there's only got to be one Skakoan that's statted out. <laughs> if I'm being dead honest with See, you. See, that's why I was like, this could be hard or like, this could be easy. I was like, Skakoan, there's, is there even more than one named Skakoan, like, <laughs> outside of the movies? Or inside? You get it's what I'm Watt saying? Tambor, you piece of shit. Love Watt Tambor. I hope you die next time. <laughs> Watt Tambor, uh, very interesting build. It's got it's it's military engineer. Yeah, you don't see that a lot. We've gone over before in the past, and I honestly I think it's a really cool, very underrated prestige class. Really cool prestige class. Also paired with some you know starship designer tech specialist. Got some great stuff there. Ooh, real techie guy. Real techie guy. And with a mechanics check of plus nineteen at level. Ten, that's pretty good. Hard hard to sneak your wink at. That's for sure. Exactly. Whatever that means. Hard to skink your hard salt hard, your, salt, hard to salt skank your Owen over that one. Hard, hard to salt your stink over that one for sure, for sure. Well, Stephen, you exceeded my expectations getting the per, only named Skakoan right first try. Per usual. In retrospect, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, think of because Sam, I have, listen, I have a secret yeah. to tell you. I don't have very many stat blocks memorized. But what I do have is pretty good deductive reasoning skills. <laughs> and the names of most of the characters memorized. Yeah, I'm like Sherlock, baby. Like, come on. I'm going <laughs> to my mind palace. I start twitching around, you know. Your Swissy mind yeah, palace. Yeah, I start, I start going like, you know, like. It's the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's exactly what it is. Do you have any trivia for us this week, Steve? I don't. You don't? I Even didn't. though we took time to look for it? Look, I took like three minutes, man. I didn't find shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I thought there might be something interesting, like behind the scenes stuff with Yoda's death, but there was not. Not that I found. If if you have Yoda death trivia, reach out. Dark don't don't do that. Here's your trivia. Huh. In Lego Star Wars, Yoda's death noise is from the scene in Episode Two where he's fighting Count Dooku. Oh, I knew that. That's trivia. Anyone maybe. who anyone who's seen that movie and played that game, which is like a billion people at least, knows that. So it's some fucking trivia, Sam. Way to go. Trivia is usually interesting. In case you didn't know. This episode's going off the rails very quickly, Stephen. Thank you so much for listening to Dark Times Podcast. The show's produced and edited by me, Sam. Stephen is my co-host, not for long. Uh, <laughs> reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us, DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Review us on there as well. Uh, Swissy will happen. Don't tell me. Stop telling me it's not going to happen. I'm going to get it. It's going to be in the... The nor what's it called? The, the the mainstream The Lexicon. The Lexicon. Swissy. It'll be there. Check it out. Come back in two years. We'll see. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week? Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the force. Pretty smart fella who said that. Hmm? <laughs> you know, it's funny because like after like the after that next the next line is like, do not mourn them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's from Yoda talking to Anakin about Padme's death in it his is, dream. Yeah. It is. He says, "Do not mourn them. Do not do not weep for them." They threw a they threw a whole funeral for Qui Gon Jinn. Do not mourn them. <laughs> you might, see that that's where like that's where I because that those first two lines are great. I I, I break whip from Yoda on that one with the do not mourning is not like animals mourn. 
each but other. Like, you're know, allowed to mourn. Anger leads to hate, leads to fucking... And that's, so that's what he goes on to say, yeah, but, like, you can you can mourn. Attachment and, like, mourning are, like... Attachment leads to jealousy. That's what he says. He's And after after all that, then he goes on to, you know, you must be afraid, you must let go of everything you're afraid to lose, which I believe is true, but, like, that doesn't mean you have to deny your instincts. Well, Steven's a great Jedi. You heard it here first. I fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Gray Jedi is when you can be evil without consequences. That's not true. That's I what teenagers on the internet say. You made that up. I read in the the Gray Jedi is when Revan is cool. Anthony Daniels wrote a Star Wars book about how Gray Jedi are good. Actually, I don't think Anthony Daniels did that. Did he? No, no. But Anthony, he might have. <laughs> the fact you believed it means says more about you. I, than I it didn't says about believe me. it. I clearly didn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> good night, everyone.